Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Should Swerve Strickland have beaten John Moxley in their Continental Classic? Nearly forgot the name of the tournament there. Matchup on AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen. DAD, welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review podcast on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode and send in your Omega Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. This episode's sponsor is Luke Owen's birthday. Happy birthday to Luke. Happy birthday to Luke. Happy birthday to <laughs> Did the present come? No. no okay. I wasn't the, aware that was a present. <laughs> what? Was present. There was one, one present, but it's okay. It's okay. Give it well, to no, this, this is lovely. Thank you we all so much. Present. You are the present. This is delightful. Thank you all so much. Right. Aww. Make a wish. Oh. Oh. Well. Oh my God. <laughs> For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. And so say all of us. All right, bye. I genuinely thought something had gone wrong with the stream because I heard the door opening and I was like, oh no, what have I done wrong with the stream? I was waiting for the cue. I yeah. couldn't get it. I couldn't well, hear it through the door. Well, Luke decided to add in. Oh, no, I've got to add in the video sponsor for that ad. <laughs> a minute before we were meant to go live. Yeah, and that's why good. I went over there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't come in yet. Luke's faffing. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> but please, Thank you. Please take, please take the cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have that later. You're going to have it now. I'll, I'll have that later in the that's office. Fine. Thank you. So effort, that's okay. Thank you. Is that from the new Tesco? Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh. Brand new Tesco opened oh, up. Yeah. I went it's there got a, a balloon arch outside. Oh, I went there earlier. It's terrible for vegetarians. Got two sandwich options. Laurie's just lurking. Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was, 
Uh, Always you, making sure we don't set anything off. You did. You didn't. You didn't make it cold, did you? Because no. that will that will actually break all the aircon in the rest of the building. If you change the temperature of the aircon, it breaks no, all the aircon. Did you? Oh no, that will that will honestly break everything. <laughs> no, that's why I keep we, getting messages we, we about. Can't, why is the we can't have working? this admin meeting. We're live. <laughs> we need to talk about dynamite. Thanks, Laurie. <laughs> Happy birthday! Thank you very much, mate. That was that was very very sweet. It really means a lot. Thank um, you. but yeah, uh, well, the actual sponsor is our own. That's book. our book. Yeah, <laughs> go buy our book. Go buy the book. Link for it's in the video description down below, and it's being spammed by mm. our moderating team as well. We've got a competition for this book as well, which we'll get to a little bit later on. I believe when you blew out those candles, what you wished for is record sales for the book. <laughs> so please, well, I can't say that out loud. Otherwise, Luke's, it won't come true. Let me let me assume that's what it was, please. For Luke's birthday this year, buy the book. It's what he would want. He's just left the candles here. Hmm. Were they on the... There was some on the cake, but he's just brought... I don't know if he brought extra ones just in case. Okay, well, we can light a candle for Swerve Strickland, who lost his undefeated streak in the Continental Classic. And, you know, beforehand, he'd beaten Hangman Page twice. Uh, His undefeated streak goes... Oh, no, wait, Danielson beat him. Yeah, uh, in that bit in between. He did, yes. He beat him in the uh, the TNT uh, number one contendership match. But still, about six weeks there of undefeated streak and loads of momentum heading into this. He was, was nine the, points getting the EC2. It was the main event of uh, the Winter Is Coming episode. You had Swerve, yeah, on nine points, undefeated. You had Moxley, nine points, also undefeated. And they had an excellent match mm-hmm. going back and forth. Um, I said this in my review. I don't know if you felt the same. When I see Moxley and when I see Swerve, I just feel like there's this looming hangman presence over both of them. I hadn't picked up on that until I saw it in your review. And I was like, "Ah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I hadn't really put those pieces together, but they are there. Especially with Swerve, because it's more recent and hangman is still trying to make a feud with with Swerve happen. But Strickland's got his right shoulder taped up, which is the injury he sustained Mm -hmm. in that... um, Ooh, okay. In that Texas death match. Okay. I mean, I d- okay, we'll go into it now. Swerve's shoulder was up in the pin. Yes. Taz called that. He did. I believe it was the right shoulder. So the shoulder that wasn't taped up? or is The it shoulder that was taped, taped up. up. And I, you know, whenever I look at that shoulder, I think that's the mark of the hangman. Shall I, shall I go to the picture in picture? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's VAR. It. We, we can't put it up on screen, <laughs> but you and I can watch it and we can certainly come to a conclusion it was a really thrilling final few minutes i thought they were going to go for a draw i i said this last week i thought this will be our first draw of the tournament uh because tony had already announced that there'll be a five minute overrun and we just all assumed well that's because this is going to go past the time limit and and have the draw okay we're just var in it moxley's celebrating there's the roll up roll up oh oh it's the left it's shoulder. It's the left shoulder. It's the non-taped up shoulder. Well, you could say if he got both, if that other shoulder wasn't injured then, he could have kicked out. Yeah. Could but be. Hangman had injured that shoulder, which is the one that got pinned. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too much into it. I mean, it. I like it. I, mean, I'm not, I don't mean to stare at you blankly when you're sort of talking about this, but I, I actually quite like it. I think it's mm. quite poetic, uh, the idea of sort of Hangman being the connecting thread between them. For me, though, like I, I kind of wrote down in my notes here, it's like, oh, this is awesome. This also feels like the AEW of old. Mm. I think we've said this the last couple of weeks. I was like, this feels like what AEW, we always thought the company was going to be. And this felt like a big time matchup. And it's not just because 
Mox is a big star and Swerve is a big star. It's the tournament. The tournament has actually made what would have just been a big match feel bigger because there's a lot more at stake in this match. Both of them on nine points, both of them looking to get to 12 and be the outright winner because like at the end of this, Excalibur was like, unless something freakly happens next week, Moxie has guaranteed himself into the semifinals. Swerve, on the other hand, now desperately needs to win next week so he can advance to the semi-finals. Yeah, okay, so cue uh, 20 minutes of Dave Meltzer talking about all the mathematical possibilities. Yes. So next week, we've got Mox versus... Oh, no, I didn't write them down in these notes. Uh-oh, is it in your other notes? I think it's it's Swerve versus Roosh. Yes, and oh, Ro- and Roosh needs to win as well. Roosh needs because to win. Because if Roosh wins, he'll also be on nine points, which means he'll be tied with Swerve. And they were saying on commentary that the way that you advance over someone you're tied with is by mm. beating them. So right. if he ties with Swerve and he beats him, that means he's also technically above him in the league. We know Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal. The losers are going to face off. Uh, yeah. So like they'll I both can't be... wait for that match. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting one, particularly because I think it's going to be a very big match for Lethal because mm-hmm. he was so dejected from this one, having lost four matches in the C2. Next week, it's going to have this point to prove. And Mark is a very different story. Mark has lost all four of his matches, but he's actually come close in his. Like, really did feel like there were times he might have actually beat Jay White <laughs> this week. So he's going in with a slightly different chip on his shoulder mm. than Jay Lethal is, which is why I think next week's as the, the loser's match is, so, is really interesting. Yeah. So what's the, uh, the combination of... So pretty much there's still four guys who can win or can become the top two of the Gold League. Yeah, so it's Roosh and Strickland next week. It's Moxley and White next week. Uh, and it's um, Briscoe and uh, Lethal. So with White on nine points currently... White's on nine, Roosh is on six and Swerve's on nine. If oh god, there's so many possibilities. If White beats Moxley, White is guaranteed a spot in the final two because they'll both be on twelve, and he would have beaten Moxley. Yep. And the other, the other match, I think either guy they could also get to twelve points mm-hmm. if one of them wins. Yep. But because Jay would have beaten Moxley, Jay would be top of that pack. Uh, yes, I think he would be ranked above him in the league because so they'll be Mox. And then with uh, Roosh and Swerve, are they both on nine? So, uh, no, Roosh is on six. <laughs> so Roosh needs to beat Strickland in order to tie him next week. And, and, and White needs to beat Moxley in order to tie him. So, but, if, but if Moxley beats White, Roosh could still get through. Roosh can still get mm. through, particularly because he'll have beaten Swerve, which means he will, him, and, him and Mox will have won their, the, the Gold League and they'll be the semi-final. This is what's so great it's, about this. It's awesome, right? Like, this is this is great. I saw someone, like, before the chat started being like, well, the problem with the C2 and now is just like, it's just everyone facing losers. Next week, I'm like, no! Only two. Like, like, I think you've massively missed the point of the Continental Classic. I think great, you know, that all the weeks have had really, really great wrestling, and it's so nice to... You know, you talked about how it was what we thought AEW would be, and it felt like the old AEW. It's because this is very sports. This is this ve- is not yeah. soap opera. There's no. no outside interference. There's no schmoz finishes. There's no over-the-top sports entertainment booking. No. It's purely, you wrestle this guy, and you this one wins. And even then, when you say there's no schmoz finishes, this match sort of had a schmoz finish. Because Hangman's mm. shoulder was up, but the referee was out of position. Much like in uh, a football game, British football, proper football, 
would be that before the days of VAR, there were sometimes goals that were disallowed that actually should have been allowed, or the referee just made the wrong call. That actually can still happen with VAR in play. So, like, the referee made the wrong call, and that means that a team advances through in the in the cup. So, the, what happened at the end was a really, really great final few minutes. They did the 15-minute call. Um, Mox tries to win via count-out. Swerve gets in. Stomp. Uh, I think then it's the sort of, you know, Mox goes straight into the bulldog choke, and then there was an arm bar, but Swerve got out of both of those. Yep. Mox gets frustrated, gets a chair. Why are you doing that, mate? I don't understand that in character. They were putting that on commentary. That's a lapse in judgment in Moxley. That allowed Swerve to get back in. Stomp on the outside. Stomp on the inside. Mox kick out. Oh, man. I what really, an earful. I thought it was the finish. Then Swerve goes for the JML driver, his other finish. And that's when Moxley kind of cradles him up. But Swerve's shoulder, his left shoulder, is off the mat. And the referee counts three. Referee was out of position for the pinfall. Not out of position, really, mm. but like uh, Taz was saying, commentary like, look, sometimes the referees are just in the wrong spot and they just don't see it. These things do happen, which is why you got to feel bad for Strickland here. And Strickland was like, his face was saying, I just got screwed. I didn't lose this match. In the same way last week when Roosh passed out in the choke mm. and the referee said, well, that's it. And then he immediately woke up because when Moxley released the third, he was like, I, I didn't pass out. I didn't say I tapped out. You can now argue Mox has got two wins here, really by referee's decision. By the skin of his teeth. By the skin of his teeth. So do you think the... the that, let's take it from the, the start of this before we get into the nature of the decision. Do you think the shoulder being up was intentional? Yes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. If it wasn't, I don't think they'd have pointed out as heavily as they did on commentary. And I don't, he, but it and, was Taz who did it. And he was like, his arm was in the air. Mm. Like, I think it was very intentional that his arm was up. And okay. they did a lot of like shots of Strickland, like, you know, annoyed in the ring, Moxley celebrating round the ring. I think it's 100% intentional. Because I think he would still get that same swerve shock face if he was like, well, I was just about to win. Oh, but at the very last moment, I got rolled up. Add into that the idea that it was the shoulder mm. that Hangman had injured. It's like Hangman's thing is, I will cost you everything you want. That's I like that. I think this was more, that's not the facial reaction he had, though. His mm. facial reaction was like, no, my shoulder was up. Okay. Why is the match over? You can read that in someone's face. Absolutely. My shoulder was up. My shoulder was up. So, you know, it's what he was saying in his eyes. Uh, so what about the nature of the actual, not the nature of the win, but the, the pure fact of the win? Mm -hmm. Would you have had Swerve victorious here? So this is, I think, where you and I are slightly differing on mm. this because you were talking about, well, and I'll let you have your uh, piece in a moment. Um, if you haven't already, go and watch Ollie's edited review of this. We kind of talked about this already. Um, but I, in my head, the way I envisioned the C2 going down is Moxley is going to win all of his matches. He is going to have the full 15 points going into World's End, and he's going up against Eddie Kingston, who has had to make the big comeback story of the C2. Mm -hmm. And that's your story for World's End. The guy who has dominated, albeit perhaps some victories, skinnier than others, you know, is like, you know, oh, Swerve Shoulder was up, Roosh may not have been all the way out as the referee thought, but with 15 points versus the guy who has had to scratch and claw his final three matches, looking to defend yeah. the two belts that he's put on the line here. And that's your clash of force. Plus, it's Mox and it's Eddie, and it's in New York. Oh. That's the story you tell. And Moxley being more heel throughout this tournament, certainly in this match here, going against Swerve, is going to make for a really interesting Moxley going up against 
pure babyface Eddie Kingston. I love that. I love that. Uh, in which case, I have a draw here, maybe. But you need to have Moxley win every match. In order for my story to work, mm. Moxley needs to win every match. But I, I, I take your point. Like it's like what, what's the thing you, what's what do you want to have coming out of this? Do you want to have a great Kingston Moxley story, which is fantastic, or do you want to use this as a way to capitalize on? And I, I don't mean this in a sin, like a nasty way. But really, the only part of your company that actually has momentum right now. Because mm -hmm. I, lo I love a lot of things that are going on in AEW. But I like it from a, oh yeah, this is enjoyable TV. Swerve is the only thing that's like, oh my god. This feels like it's on the cusp of getting big time. When he made his entrance, this place went mm -hmm. nuts. And they were, they were more into <laughs> Swerve than they were Moxley in this match. Because this crowd were like, no, Swerve's the guy. Like This is an audience telling, this is like the acclaimed last year this is an audience telling the company this is our pick push this guy and that's been the case since full gear mm -hmm. and it, the whole gold league has been built around it i feel like i said it in the, the review he's the main character of the gold league so your version would have swerve losing twice to moxley yeah because he'd also well unless of, let me get the list back up <laughs> what's a way for it not to be swerve oh it's for roosh to be swerve no, that means he does lose twice yeah yeah i guess or he, it, or he draw yeah 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 i think um he'll have to lose twice regardless regardless yeah um i think so which is a shame but like that's kind of also the, the thing with a, a round robin tournament like this is you can't win all the time <coughs> like you do have to lose Mo you, you're but saying moxley will win all the time well i do well yes but i but that's a that's because of the story you're telling yeah, yeah. like I, i'm saying as a, a tournament as a whole you can take losses mm. this is a where wins and losses do matter but losses are not the end of someone's like momentum or their run well the the thing there is i think the other argument is Swerve loses here because that makes next week really, really dramatic. And they are definitely shifting Swerve into a more babyface role. The best way to do that via psychology is tell a classic underdog story. Swerve now has to come back. He has to hope that Jay White doesn't beat Mox. He has to overcome Roosh, which is a task in and of itself. There's loads of routes you can go here because you can do to your point if you have swerve win next week and so he ties with moxley or at least he comes second in the gold league the semi-finals then is moxley versus strickland for yeah. the true win of the gold league if he beats moxley then wins the gold league and goes through and it's him and eddie in the final rather than it being an eddie kingston comeback story it's an eddie kingston failure story mm. and we're just crowning strickland being like he's our new guy or, or maybe Danielson is the one who wins the Blue League and you have yeah. a rematch from that TNT number one contenders match Very couple, true. like two months ago and Swerve wins that, redeems the loss. He is He's on been six. on both of the Blackpool Combat Club's primary members. Not uh, Danielson. Oh, Swerve, you mean? If he beats Moxley and then Danielson. That's true, yeah. Because Danielson has still got uh, Brody King and Claudio uh, for his match. So he's currently on six. So there's a potential he can get up to 12. Mm. Uh, before all is out andrade's also got two matches he's got kingston and claudio um there's actually quite a few because da danielson's on six brody's on six and then you've got eddie still able to make the comeback um because he's got andrade and garcia garcia feels like that's an easy three points yeah and then andrade <laughs> three points and the then guy's gonna dance and then andrade will be the the tough one in that fight i look if i'm looking at AEW right now i don't care what the plans were going into this You've got to change sometimes to capitalize on what's hot. And Swerve 
is one of the hottest things in all of wrestling right now. Yeah. This is almost like it's a good problem to have. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, as a company, it's a good problem to have almost too many stars to have win this league. But it's also kind of the poison chalice of doing a league like this. Because when they announced, we're doing our version of the G1, everyone said, well, this needs to have the top mm. stars in it. And the second you put all the top stars in it, you're like, well, you can't have all the top stars lose. But you have to have some of the stars lose because not everyone can win unless every match ends in a draw and no one wants to see that. That would be like if WCW did it. And like Saran Seven's like, mm, I don't think I'm losing my <laughs> match. And Hogan's like, that don't work for me, brother. But here I think Roosh is definitely like that backstage. <laughs> I, th I think Mox legit had to choke him out. That's why you stood up after <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. What the hell? It's like you're playing the school barrier. I'll show you. No, you didn't. I've got, I've got bulletproof armor on. Bull's head. Bull's horns. <laughs> So yeah, like it's you. If you want to put all your top stars in, not everyone gets to win. Some stars have to lose. Mm. But that's why it's like, well, why'd you put Jay Lethal? It's like because not everyone gets to win all the time. So sometimes you need to have people in there to lose. But you use those losers to further people's characters, mm. like you're doing with Lethal, like you're doing with Garcia, or stories you're telling with Mark Briscoe. I actually really, I I think that this has been a very well booked uh, G1 round robin tournament, and I'm I'm so into it. It's yeah. my favorite thing in on Dynamite at the moment. And I'm loving the Maxverse. I mm. loved the Maxverse on this episode in particular. But man, I'm so into this scene <laughs> too right now. But so your argument is go with the momentum, go with Swerve. Yeah. And I don't think that's wrong. And there's two ways you could do that. There's the way they've done it currently, maybe, where he loses the first one against Mox, comes back to get in the semis and then goes onwards. Or there's the one where... I don't know. You just book him super strong and he wins everything. And he just wins. I, I think I would have done that. Yeah. Because then you've got like, you've kind of got Mox and Hangman who were these enemies turned respectful frenemies by the end of their feud earlier in the year. And now they're like, but this new guy, Strickland, has beaten us both back to back. I kind of like the idea of Hangman and Moxie being brought together by their shared hate of Strickland. Which is also nice. That's the other argument I have seen given against why Swerve should win this. Because what people want to see is Swerve move into that main event world title picture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is giving him a title belt that, frankly, I think very few people are going to care about. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's see what you all think on the, <coughs> excuse me, still recovering from a little cough the other week. On the Omega Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Kevin says, the funniest thing in the show was Strong saying, Samoa was his best friend by proxy when Jay was the one who put him in the neck brace in the first place. I was expecting a draw in the main event, but I'm intrigued by what's next. Yeah, uh, Roddy said that to Joe. I think it was on Collision last week. And she was like, look, Joe. I know you broke my neck and you put me in this neck brace, but I'm willing to forgive that. And the sandbox, a couple of chats here. Morning, guys. I'm of the opinion that the show becomes more interesting now that Swerve has lost. Mox is looking better than he has in a while and has always been portrayed as the guy. So him winning and a protected finish, assuming the shoulder up plays into this finish and losing in the semis. I don't need Swerve being Superman and beating everyone, but I'm waiting until the conclusion to have a fully fleshed out opinion as it changes every week. I'm still holding out that Eddie comes out of the blue league and wins the whole thing to give him that accolade someone going to the end i've got one final thought triple crown champion is going to be a title that is defended on roh shows <coughs> new japan strong shows hell maybe just new japan shows in general and on aew television well that's not that's exactly what it is that's exactly it's what already it been reported yeah uh, i don't think i see swerve in that spot when i want him on dynamite every week pushing stories the triple crown should be what the all atlantic was supposed to be a title that can be on aew but also elsewhere funny that is also what the global championship is supposed to be god will please don't win it and also bring <laughs> it to aew sorry for the big one love you guys thank right. you very much andy everyone have a big one Timmy Too Dope says, Taz said he broke his neck in 95 and was inspired by Roderick Strong to make a comeback. <laughs> Taz is so good. Him and Tony Storm were mm. having so much fun. She called him the Tasmaniac because she's from the past. <sighs> and that was Taz's original name in ECW. Also, Swerve and Moxley gave me big Rolling Ambrose vibes. And then that's uh, Rolling Ambrose vibes. <laughs> yeah, I, think, but, but rolling I Ambrose. like Rolling Ambrose. <laughs> rolling, rolling. <coughs> oh, God, we both had it now. It's those candles. 
<laughs> I think so. That would have been the name of his finish. Hmm. The Rolling Ambrose. Just him. I expected Swerve and Mox to end in a draw, but with Swerve striving to win the rematch in the semi-finals with Mox. And after they talked about the tie rules, if a tie happens in the Blue League, but the tiebreaker matches a draw, then what happens? Guess we'll find out. Hmm. Jake WTW Manberg for... 22 months. Mox Swerve should have been a draw with both going to the finals where you get a winner. Feels like a missed opportunity. Also, happy birthday, Luke. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Pete. Charles Berg, finally for now. Do you want Swerve to win the belt from this tournament or go for something that has prestige? His loss is fine to me. In regards to the devil, my guess is Rod Strong, Swerve, Max, the captain, Sean Dean, Hangman, Jack Perry, Wildcard, Matt Cardona. Uh, got a couple of others here. Brett J. Rasmussen. Uh, that mm. Dynamite was great. What a main event. Luke, have you ever figured out why Tempest gave you an FU picture at Survival Series? Mm-hmm. You're awesome. And it's your birthday. Have your birthday, Luke. Tegan and Sully cracked me up in the Xmas Survival Series episodes. Yeah, everyone go and watch the uh, last week's Survival Series. It's very fun. It's a really, really fun one. And these guys team up. Yeah, we do, yeah. Trying to name every Raw Tag Team Champion <laughs> in reverse chronological order. Plus, go ahead over to Patreon and see the Patreon-exclusive version got a star-studded lineup mm. uh, featuring people like Stephen Larson from Going In Raw, Kate from Fightful, Alex Queen of the Ring, SP3 from True Hill Heat. Hosted by Luke Owen. It's hosted by me. Uh, it's a grand old time. Um, Tempest said that he gave it to me because he thought I would have the funniest reaction to it. And it's true. Uh, and Justin here said, I worry Swerve winning could slow his momentum. Mm. Him having to carry the Triple Crown seems like it would take him away from the world title. Maybe he loses to Mox in the semis and then wins the world title revolution and Mox is the first challenger. Look, I'm listening. I, I, I had, you're, all, you're all actually right. I don't want Swerve to win the Triple Crown Championship. And then me arguing that he should just win everything currently puts him on a path <laughs> that would win the Triple Crown Championship. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me go back and go... Why isn't this for a number one contender shot at Revolution? I mean, that is it. Me and Dan talked about this on a collision last week. Of This shouldn't be for a title. This should be, yeah. like the G1 is, just for the number one contendership to the world title, as opposed to being for the well, three belts, I suppose. Before we get on with the play-by-play, let's say thank you to my wonderful sponsor, The Book. We have a brand new book, but don't just take it from us. Take it from us. right it's survival series next week i know i can win but only if tempest doesn't ask me anything about the last couple of years of the aew versus wwe rivalry i don't know anything about that and i especially don't know anything about triple h's new wwe role cm punk joining and leaving aew or aew collision (laughs) how am i supposed to prepare for tables lists and chairs when there's so much else going on in the world wwe's legal battles mergers cm punk joining AEW, tony khan's struggles to control his company and so much more if only someone had written all this information down somewhere so i don't have to think about it all the time <laughs> if only they knew.
WrestleTalk's brand new book, WWE vs. AEW The Fallout, offers a front row seat to the ceaseless drama, the pulse pounding excitement and the monumental shifts that have unfolded in the war between WWE and AEW over the past 18 months. Picking up where WWE vs. AEW The New War left off, this anthology of articles from the pages of the WrestleTalk magazine gives you fresh insights and perspective into the battle between the two companies that you simply cannot get anywhere else. It's it's the ultimate collector's item for those who want to remember this unprecedented time in wrestling history. Use the link in the description below to get your copy now. <laughs> I don't get it. There you go. A brand new book. I, as people are well aware, quite obsessed with the the wrestling war Mm -hmm. you know hey and it's not from a tribalistic perspective as some people like to claim it is i like business it's the news it's it's the business it's the biggest news this is my stock and trade it's literally what i'm paid to do but i'm i love the aw wwe war then like i i've got a big particular fascination with aew doing things on camera Mm. and you know taking their sort of like shots and stuff and W is doing everything behind yeah. the scenes. Oh, it's juicy stuff. The uh, So that book, we compiled it before Punk returned to WWE. And I, I'd written a whole for, forward for it. And then Punk returned and Dave was like, you're going to have to write it. Yeah, that tracks, yeah. Uh, right, so yeah, please, there's a competition, isn't there? We have indeed. We've got a competition <laughs> as we do with every one of our books that we release. We're running a competition. So email support at wrestletalk.com with the subject heading, I want to win a free book. And that will enter you into the draw. And we will give away five signed copies of our brand new book enter the competition support at restalk.com i want a free book or i would like a free book and we will pick out every uh, pick up five winners from those in the new year you go up until christmas day but if you send it on a boxing day we're not going to be like yeah i'm not going to open up the door and be like you boy what day is it why it's christmas day sir that's right it's the end of the competition <laughs> no more entries now if you let's send it on boxing day it's fine we'll draw them in the new year So, this episode of AEW Dynamite, winter is coming. Although I didn't really feel like the winter is coming of old. They were saying on commentary, like, man, winter is coming. Kenny Omega won the world title <laughs> on this show. Sting made his debut. And I was like, this was just another episode of Dynamite. And you're also like, that was only one year. Yeah, it was the same show. <laughs> yeah. it was. You actually had one banging... It's like King of the Ring. Everyone's like, oh my God, what a great pay-per-view. No, it was crap. <laughs> it was crap every year. But they did have that one really... Mabel won it. Yeah, well, you know, and even King of the Ring 98, which is probably its most famous mm. one. The most famous match on that show is not a King of the Ring yeah. match. Uh, so, yeah, winter is coming, and we started cold. Not not even a opening credits. Cold winter. Mm, maybe that's why they did it. Samoa Joe just comes out, and he says that the devil has jeopardized his championship opportunity. He saw the broken beer bottle where at the, the scene of the crime where Max was attacked, and he smelt the stench of disappointment and Stetson's. <laughs> Joe was so great in this <laughs> opening segment. <laughs> so it's Hangman Page. And I was just like, oh, my God. Hangman Page was only floated as a little idea last week. And now Joe's calling him out. I thought it was really well done. Hangman Page comes out. And this is the coolest hangman has looked. 
like everything from the start of the Swerve feud through to right now and hopefully continuing on. This might be my favorite page. This is, it was great. And I loved his line of, are you going to like accuse me the way you are? Or are you going to accuse me to my face like the man I thought you were? Mm. I was like, oh, particularly for someone like Samoa Joe as well. I was like, what? You're testing me now, boy. And Joe had such a cool line as well. Like that kind of badass line Joe usually rolls out. He says, oh, you think I'm here as the jury? No, I've made up my mind. I'm the executioner. <laughs> I've already decided it's you and I'm going to kill you now. I was like, oh my God. And then, like, perfectly interrupting this, Roderick Strong, Samoa! Joe, so some, uh, Roddy and the kingdom come down and Roddy's like, look, guys, MJF is the devil. We didn't see him get attacked. All the bits that we've been speculating on and obsessing over, those little details, the broken bottle that we've not seen Max actually really get properly attacked yet. All of this stuff was raised. Yeah. and I mean, Roddy's got a point. I'm also sure that at the end of this show, well, actually, probably in about an hour's time, Roderick Strong can sit backstage and smile and be like, <laughs> I didn't have the worst promo on time by this week. Because <laughs> he did stumble over his words a little bit, but you know, no, one else, no one's picking up on that this week because, well, there's another segment coming up in a bit. People said that about Roddy last week as well, or maybe the week before. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I think it quite works. I think it's quite charming and delightful, yeah. and it led up to like Hangman got into a brawl with Roddy because they were having a, a match on this episode. But yeah, I thought Joe was awesome in this segment. Like this is one of those segments where there's no MJF on this show, which I think is a key bit of detail because the devil does show up at the mm. end of the broadcast. There was no Max on this show, but it's not like at the end of it, you're like, oh, it's disappointing I didn't get any MJF because I got the next part of this MJF, the, the Max verse, as you, you often call it. Yeah, it's it's a testament to how fleshed out everything is with the characters and the storylines and the intrigue of the whodunit. The Max can miss an episode and it still be riveting. And they had a, they, I thought this match was terrific, Hangman yeah. and Roderick Strong. And I had high hopes going in. I was looking forward to it anyway. When Strong came out for the promo interruption, actually, he said, oh, hi, Hangman, my young boy. Yeah, I didn't forget that. And I was like, oh, was, was Hangman once Roderick Strong's young back, boy? Back in the Ring of Honor days, yeah. yeah. So that's fun, a fun I like detail. Them, I like them playing off a lot of that Ring of Honor history because mm. they have that later on in the, the Jay White match with Mark Briscoe. Um, so you know, even showing videos of what it, you know what happened when they went in the ring in their Ring of Honor days. So I, I like a lot of that, and they've got the video library to to show it on screen as well, which is good. Um, I also enjoyed Hangman Page being like, like I don't give a crap about Max. I don't give a crap about the Devil, the Hood, and it, the laser tag, the bromance. Like he doesn't even care about um, Max and Adam Cole. Like that's just something he's not interested in. He's mm -hmm. had his own issues that he's been able to deal with, but skipping ahead to the end of the episode he's now been attacked by retribution and the devil so he probably is now going to be a bit pissed off and wants to now be involved in this as opposed to just being an accused party mm. well maybe he'll join him because if it's jack perry they can just create an anti-cm punk for you like a faction hangman and jungle boy yeah uh, this turned into, yeah, like I said, a really good match. Hangman versus Roderick Strong. Lots of interference occasionally from the em uh, Empire Kingdom, the out Kingdom outside. And the uh, Hangman took them both out and had a went for a buckshot lariat, but Strong countered. A couple of near falls, it was really good. But Hangman won with the dead eye. All on the neck. Mm. Neck-focused offense. Mm. Very good stuff. Uh Yeah. I, I love this. I thought this was a home run. Took up almost like the first half hour of the show as yeah. well. Yeah, really, really good. 
The crowd also were chanting next strong because Roddy is getting over yeah. as a baby face because he's so good. This is what I've said about Timeless Tony Storm as well. While I don't always love the Tony Storm stuff, I run a bit hot and cold in it. It's like there's no denying that it's mm. over. And like this is, and actually the Roderick Strong thing is over. Like people are really into the next Strong thing when you, you see live shows. And then like you then go from that. So you have your soap opera wackiness of a masked devil who done it to tank storyline and a guy in a neck brace and glasses mm. being like samoa you know all of this stuff and then it's like bang here's the blue league and it's Andrade versus Brody king you're like well this is this is aew yeah. right it's going from the soap opera wackiness to this is in-ring wrestling it's that great variety yeah and also you know the hangman roddy match when the bell rang there was no sports that there was a bit of interference of course but that was a great wrestling match. Sure was. Uh, with the soap opera context around it. But yeah, Brody King versus... There, there are three really good matches on this episode. Yep. Uh, the opener, Brody King, Andrade, and the main event. But yeah, Brody King and Andrade, watching these two wrestle, which was more of an Andrade match than a Brody match, yeah. I felt. like Particularly at the start, and they're doing technical wrestling with each other. I was like, this was the guy I loved in NXT. Yeah, doing those great main event matches. I think that the the C two has been a, a massive benefit mm. to Andrade because it's just allowed him to go there and wrestle, and he's just going out there having great matches and really just showing off. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm Andrade El Idolo, and I'm really really good at this. I love the finish. They get up to a super well superplex spot, but it's going to be off the second rope, and Andrade. I don't. They said he exposed. He'd exposed it. Yeah. But there's still there anyway. There is still there anyway, yeah. But like, you know, there's padding around that steel. He he exposed it a bit more. And I've never I don't think I've ever seen this. This was really inventive. Brody King is standing on that second rope, um, and he's gonna hit the superplex. Andrade fights him off and then hits a DDT onto the top turn like the actual turnbuckle bit, not the cover. What connects the turnbuckle pad to the mm. ring post? And then, you know, fell himself outside, rushed in, hit the El Idolo DDT, and won. Great, great finish. Yeah, love Really that. good finish. And they were putting over that this <coughs> is the vicious side of Andrade that we've seen in the last two mm. C2 matches because he went after Danielson's fractured orbital mm. bone in the collision match. So this is why he has become the first person in the Blue League to get to nine points because he is going to lengths that others are not. After that, Rene Paquette was backstage with the Von Eriks. They were promoted. Not a lot, but when we saw them promoted for this week last week, I was like, oh my God, the Von Eriks. They're in Texas. Iron Claw's out in a couple of weeks. Well, next week. Yeah. Um, this was all they did. Yeah, it was it was for Rampage. They're having a match on Rampage. Dan uh, Danhausen. Orange Cassidy is teaming with the, the Von Erich kids. I've written here, Renee interviews the Von Erichs. I'm sure Dave Bradshaw was thrilled. <laughs> it was the first thing he said yeah. to me this morning. What did they do? What did they do with the Von Erichs? And I told him, and he went, oh, I've seen that bit. Because obviously he had already gone to watch, and he just assumed something else happened. Yeah. I was like, well, it's more of a Rampage movie. <laughs> it's <a> private Jake. <laughs> really got me uh but yeah that set up orange cassidy tagging with kevin von kevin, kevin von, von eric's kids which i can't remember the name of against uh oh who's it against well they didn't announce the rampage matches i mean i can go find out for you well i know I... this i know the spoilers um, oh you oh, i haven't seen but i can't remember what it is right i'm just gonna turn off the oh no the aircon is off it's yeah. just hot in here 
I'm sorry. Maybe it's this next promo that's getting me a bit hot and bothered. (laughs) This was going to be the lead of the podcast. Because this is what I wanted to talk about. I loved all the great wrestling on this show. Mm -hmm. I loved all the devil stuff. I even enjoyed the women's segment that we get in a little bit. This was an absolute disaster. I think uh, we, we really have to start addressing is Kenny Omega any good in AEW? <laughs> he had that one good year. You know, in the five that they've had, he had one really good year. Yeah, from winter is from that winter is coming show yep. through to when he lost the title at full gear. Yep. Wow. So, incredible. That's the Kenny Omega that we were after. Yeah. That's the Kenny Omega we were hoping for. But the year before that, we had Bored Omega. Walking through Shibuya. Although, although, you know, great tag matches with Hangman Page. Some of the best matches of all time. His match with the Young Bucks mm. uh, at Revolution 2020 is one of the best AEW matches. It might be the best AEW match ever. With some fantastic angles in that as well. You know, the, yeah. oh, is he going to hit the buckshot after the match? And then he was out injured. You know, you can't, you can't, can't criticize that. much uh, for that. Then got suspended. But. Then he got suspended. Then he did the trio stuff. You know, okay, this will be great. Well, Kenny's back. Kenny's <clears> with the Bucks. And then he just kind of stayed there. And they did the soap opera stuff again with the Elite. And then there was the Jericho Vortex and the Blackpool Combat Club stuff I thought was going to be really good, but it didn't quite... I liked it to a degree. ...fully get the potential. Here's a Bushi or someone who claims he's a bushi. <laughs> he's, he's riding bikes, which is very much an Ibushi thing to do, so I think it is him. He had two amazing matches with Will Ospreay oh, yeah. this year. He had a great match with Takeshita. Uh, yeah, the Vikingo match was this year. He's had four potential match of the year candidates in AEW, one of which is in New Japan, three match of the year candidates so in, in AEW. And yeah, this is, this is what I mean. So I was on the train watching this. I I, cause I was filming I was filming elsewhere this morning, so I couldn't just sit and watch AEW like I normally do with like my breakfast and my cup of coffee. I had to watch a little bit of it and then get a train to go to a shoot that I was doing. So I watched the opening segment, the first match, the Andrade match, the Von Erichs interview, and then I was on the train and my 5G cut out as Kenny Omega made his entrance. And I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait mm-hmm. to hear a Kenny Omega promo. He's one of my favorite guys. I can't wait to hear Kenny what Kenny Omega's got to say. Don't often get to see Kenny Omega promos on Dynamite. This will be really interesting. And then I had an hours long train ride where I was just, you know, not really thinking much of anything. And then I got into the Jubilee line where I can get 5G underground. And I loaded up the fight app or the Triller app, whatever it's called these days. And I pressed play and I hit, and next we're going to hear from the Golden Jet. And I went, yeah. Oh, of course it's the Golden Jets. I had the exact same experience, but without the long delay. I was lulled into thinking this was going to be a cool segment. Kenny Omega's music hits. I'm really excited. Then Excalibur says, we'll hear from the Golden Jets. And I remember Chris Jericho is a part of this. And I got sad. And somehow, it's not, I don't think, Oh, Jer- I think Jericho was the worst part of this. No. Like, but Kenny wasn't much better. I don't think Jericho was bad here do you don't the, okay. the, the billy starks joke okay so what happened <laughs> jericho and omega are in the ring from the get-go omega is trying to banter with jericho yeah but he ends up just talking over jericho and jericho's like what what do you say and, oh, it doesn't matter mate 
yeah, these were two people who are not friends having banter with each other. And it's a shame because I thought the Jericho line was really good. And Mega said, oh, when Jericho wears a coat, is it a Jericho? And I, that did, did make me laugh. But then I'm like, why are you saying that? And Chris, <laughs> Chris Jericho is clearly trying to do a wrestling promo. You come in. Sorry, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> And then also, like, yeah, Jericho's like, I'm here with my friend, Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega's like, I don't know the words to your entrance music. Yeah, I, I, I learned them <laughs> last week. So thank, thank you, fans. And Jericho had to be like, hey, look, it's the date, it's the Texas debut of the Golden Jets. And the crowd went, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we haven't got a Golden Jets chant going or something. And it just, it was really, Oof. it felt, felt way more difficult than it <laughs> needed to be. This was... Four lads, because there are two more people to join this, and bloody hell did they do their best to save this segment. But this was four lads who said to each other, do you want to go over what we'll say <laughs> when, when we go out there? Nah, nah, it'll be fine. Nah, like, I'm, I'm Chris Jericho, I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, I'll, we'll be fine, we'll go out there. We don't have writers. You know, you've often said in this podcast that Vince McMahon was right about a lot of things. Maybe he was right about script writers sometimes. So... Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out because, of course, they're on a collision path for the tag team titles. Omega and Jericho won the Bucks. Where have they been? Sorry, oh. someone just reminded Omega calls him Cross Jericho. Because Ricky's like, are you supposed to trust Chris Jericho? And Kenny's like, you think I'm supposed to trust, tr trust Chris Jericho? <laughs> Crust. Jericho. That could be his new gimmick. He hasn't had one in a while. Or knowing Jericho, he'll release a new bread. <laughs> a hot bread piece of merch called Crust Jericho. So, uh, yeah, Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out. Uh, Starks initially like has some good lines. He says, Jericho sucks the life out of everything. Nobody should trust Jericho. Tick, tick. Yep. And then... Um, <laughs> Omega goes on like a pretty good run of jokes, I think. Yeah, I think he had one good joke in this, but he used the opportunity to build to the, the eventual big punchline, mm. which is that, uh, oh, you're part of the firm. Does anyone else remember that gimmick? I don't think anyone does. It wasn't really firm, it was more flaccid. Everyone goes, yeah, yeah that's pretty <laughs> good. Could say it was soft. And the crowd go, oh, that's a reference to a previous gimmick that he once had. That is build, mm. payoff, conclusion i like that a lot although even that i had uh nitpicks with because kenny's exact line i think was uh yeah because you're a member of the firm does anyone remember the firm i sure don't i'm like but you just brought it up <laughs> <laughs> i just that was the first bit in this because I, I didn't I, you know i quite enjoyed the jericho thing yeah that was the first bit where i was like what? <laughs> Did everyone I like, run I, through this before no, they went a, out? That's a funny way to phrase it. Of being like, I remember this thing, but I'm pretending that I don't. Right, okay. That's a funny okay. thing. Um, Kenny said they want the tag title shot at World's End. And Stark sort of points out, well, I beat Jericho twice in January. Thought Big Bill's back and forth with Starks. You know, actually everything between Starks and Big Bill was good. That's what I mean. They were trying their best to save this segment. Mm. And then Stark says, look, we're the best. We're the tag team champs and we don't even have a name. You can see where this is going. So Jericho's like, well, let's try and help them out with coming up with a name. I'm great at this. I'm Chris Jericho. This is what I've done for 30 years is come up with good names for things. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can get on board with this. That's 
you know, slut shame Stephanie McMahon yeah. or or do or Paige Van Zandt, which was you know was his target for yeah, a few yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, or Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Benoit on a boat. You know, give me something like this, Chris Jericho. And it's fine because he knows the rule of three, mm. and you build up to the really big funny third entry. So I can't remember what the first two it was like. So the first one was absolute assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, which is absolute Ricky Starks. Yeah, I can't remember what the second one was though, but it was not as good as absolute assholes. Could have been big ass holes, like big cast yeah. back in the day. And then the third one, and like, because Kenny's like, Chris, come on, you can do better than that. You're Chris Jericho, you can do better than that. Chris's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. What I'll do is I'll combine your name and your name, and you get Big Billy Starks. Crickets. Actually, no, crickets would imply sound. <laughs> and Ricky then just goes, well, that fell flat. <laughs> and Kenny Omega goes, yeah, that didn't work. Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes you can do stuff like that. You can undercut the joke. And it's that makes it comedic. I mean, we do that all the time. Uh, and I thought Starks' is, well, that didn't work, was, was actually quite funny and did relieve some of the awkward tension. The difference is, though, that when we do it, when we undercut our own jokes, we know that our punchline is bad. And, yeah, and yeah, our, yeah. us undercutting it is us is our winking nod to the audience. Mm. We know that this is a bad joke, and we're highlighting this is a bad joke. I think Jericho thought this was going to get a big reaction. Yeah. So Billy Starks is an NXT wrestler. Well, yeah, she's currently in Ring of Honor. She's facing oh. for the Women's World Championship oh, in the okay. final battle this Friday. Yeah. So it's just yeah. That's not the final No, it's not. Joke payoff. No, it's not. And I don't know why he thought this was going to get the big laugh from everyone. It's a shame because Jericho actually had the line of the whole segment for me because not much longer after, he called Starks a better dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo Amore. Which is a fine joke, but Kenny's already made that joke because yeah. Kenny talked about Enzo well, he, and said, he said soft. But that's but an Enzo and Cass thing. I thought that was a good line. It is a good line thing, but that's Jericho's one good line, <laughs> and it's just piggybacking off a joke that Kenny had already made. So then, At least it, at least it wasn't a rock joke, which is yeah. where I thought he was going. So then Starks is like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this. <laughs> and he just cut a stream of consciousness, cadence promo, for like 30 seconds. And the crowd just started to clap him. Yeah, because it was great. It was an awesome, fiery promo. And I was like, ah, oh, someone's got some life in this segment mm. at long last. Because when Jericho's like, he may as well have said, where's the lie? Mm. Like the, the, the lack of reaction it got or, <laughs> or made an AEW reference on SmackDown, like the lack of reaction that it got. It's like when you see Botchamania happening in real time. <laughs> You say, oh, yeah, he's going to do this in the yeah. edit, Matthew is. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that moment there is going to make some excellent end of Botchamania edits. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, so then Omega does his, I bid you adieu. But he said adieu like well, said 18 so, times. And so slowly. Because <laughs> he got himself into the wrong, like, tense. Yeah. Because he had to be like, you know, it's like, I must have bid you adieu. But he was like, but I must to you bid you adieu. And to everyone here, adieu, and, you know, good night. <laughs> ba-bang, ba-bang. And then there's a pause, and then it, and there's no, and he went, you can play the music now. And then the music plays, and Chris Jericho is like, oh, on the 30th, of, <laughs> uh, the 30th of December, the <laughs> pay-per-views on the 30th of December. Call your local provider now. <laughs> I mean, 
I actually loved it. Now we're talking about it. I, I love this segment. I was I was on the train and on the Jubilee line being like, what is this segment? It's so awkward and it's so <laughs> We haven't even talked about the fact that Kenny Omega was like you know, uh, you know who's won a tag title shot? The Winnipeg Jets. The, sorry, the Golden Jets. Yeah, because he called them by what the the hockey team that they're named after. I get the impression. I don't know the man personally. Mm. I've never spoken to Kenny Omega in my entire life. I just get the impression he doesn't like this, and he is not into this Chris Jericho storyline. He had the 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 aura of someone who's like. This is beneath me. Yeah. And I, I'm so not into this. You're not the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho. Yeah, why am I tagging with you? Where's Hangman? I, why am I in the C2? There's a, there's a very small group of people that I tag with. And it's not you, Chris yeah. Jericho. You're not Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Get out of the ring. Because there's been this mad report recently that no one's really like talking about. So Ibushi's going out with Lizzo. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> You not seen this? No. Oh, Abushi, <laughs> Abushi had to deny it. What? what are you talking about? How long have I been gone? I was only away for a shoot this morning. He didn't know who she was. He thought she was a pro wrestler. <laughs> I think of Lizzie Evo. Yeah. Um, no, uh, this report of like, why isn't Kenny in the C2? Mm. And there's a report of just like, oh yeah, like he was asked, but then he didn't do it. And I was like, why is this not a bigger story of like why Kenny Omega's not in the C2? And it's just a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, you know, he was asked, but like decided not to do it. Like to do this instead? Like he doesn't want to be doing this, clearly. I, yeah, it's it's weird being a fan of Kenny Omega at the moment because he has the best matches I've ever seen. Yet it feels like he's not fulfilling his potential. (laughs) I don't get it. Anyway, yeah, bit of a mess. Riho then took on Ruby Soho. Tony Storm came out uh, to be on commentary because, of course, Rio's kind of on the way to a women's title shot. We got the black and white camera every time we cut to Tony. Tony was very funny with Taz in the way of her gimmick. She at one point just went, Tony Khan, I'm ready for my close-up. And it cut to the camera, and she did a big gurning face into the camera. And I laughed. For me, yeah, again, not for me, but I really res- like appreciate how full on they're going with this gimmick. I like it. It all ties together nicely. I also like how she doesn't know who Ruby Soho is because Ruby Soho's got green hair. Mm. I don't know who this person is. I really enjoyed last week's match with Sky Blue because I thought Tony Storm, she got the balance of gimmick and in-ring wrestling just right. Sky Blue was really good. They got time. It felt substantial. Even though it was one women's match and segment on the whole show, Rio came out afterwards, it felt like enough. It felt way more than just lipstick service. This felt like an actual thing. So even if it was just one, that's fine with me if it's if it really feels substantial. So I was I was really disappointed when we just got yeah. this Rio Ruby match. Rio's fantastic. Ruby's really, really good. Why is this not a 15-minute match? I, I know the answer. It's because there were men's matches, got four, loads two, of men's matches. We've got four C2 matches today. That you wanted to do instead of this. But it like you, you had an opportunity here for Riho to have a really great match because she always gets over. And she did get over here, but not to the extent where she could have done to build her for a world champion shot after being gone for so long. And you could have also protected Ruby a bit in defeat. This was eight minutes from bell to bell, and three to four of those minutes were in a commercial break. Yeah. 
And really the focus was Tony Storm at ringside. Yeah. So nothing wrong with the wrestling. Nope. But just a, a, a whiff again. Yeah. They it, whiffed it. It was a decent match. I enjoyed the in-ring action, but it was not it wasn't the best thing on this show. By by some way. Well, it's better than the segment that came before it, <laughs> but you know, it it was not the best thing on the show. Got a really cool Wardlow video package after this. Yeah. MJF's world is coming to an end and he'll bring the devil to his knees. Mm. Which makes me think Wardlow's going to save Max Ooh. at the end of all this. Reveal that he's not in the mask or one of the masks. Mm. Um, Roosh then took on Jay Lethal. This was the shortest match of the tournament so far. Uh, Jay didn't really get enough in. Roosh is awesome and Roosh choked him out. Love that finish because that's how he lost to Moxley last week. I love that. They're so pissed off about mm. that finish last week. He's like, I can do it too. Yeah. I've, yeah. Got, I've got my sleeper armor on now. I can do it. Because it, it, I just genuinely believe Roosh holds grudges even though they've happened in kayfabe. Yeah. He'll be annoyed about something that happened in kayfabe in his real life. No one's told him that wrestling isn't real. <laughs> and that's what I want. Yeah. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him or Eddie Kingston. No. Because their belief helps me believe. Uh, Lethal was um, consoled afterwards by <laughs> Team TNA. And he had this sort of moment of, like, they were putting over, they were doing this last week as well. He's been relying too much on Jarrett and Karen and Sanjay and Satnam that he's forgotten who Jay Lethal is. And he had that moment here, which is why I think next week going into his match with Mark Briscoe, both of them on zero points, to be like, I need to show you why I'm Jay Lethal. Plus, well, the connection that he's got with Mark and, you know, off the back with OJ. I think this is going to be some really good drama for next week's match. Oh, yeah, and definitely like a whole new character direction that we can watch unfold on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Fine. You're, but I, I, I'm, look, there's a difference between using the tournament to do nothing and just have people lose and using a tournament to give character directions for people. If you're not into it, that's fine. I'm. Do I want to see the, the story unfold? Not particularly. I'm, like, I'm not like, man, I can't wait to see Jay Lethal on TV next week. But at least the tournament's been used to do something. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I would say use the tournament to do something you're going to follow up on on the show I'm watching. Because I just, I've just got no faith that this lethal character moving forward is going to have any consequence on main roster AEW television. Or lethal consequences. <laughs> Speaking of, we got the other Gold League match, which was Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. This was a really good match. This was a wicked match. So even though Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal actually had been eliminated, so they no, can't... Still, Jay can still win. Jay's, sorry, Jay's I, I meant Jay Lethal. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, too many Jays. Another thing Vince McMahon was right about. Renaming people <laughs> so they didn't all have the same first name. So Mark Briscoe, has all, there's already no way he can win coming into this match. Same with Jay Lethal. And, you know, for me, I would have preferred this match if Mark Briscoe still had a chance to get something. I think that would have been super tense. Mm -hmm. But Mark Briscoe is so good anyway. Him versus Jay. Jay, Jay gave so much to Mark in this match for mm -hmm. me. This wasn't a Jay... White match. This was a Mark Briscoe match that Jay hung him in there very well as well. Yeah, it, this was like a really back and forth, but it felt like Mark was on top for a lot of it. And that's again what I mean about like I've really enjoyed Mark's journey through this of the guy that has actually come close every like in a few of his matches to getting some points, mm. but just one one mistake costs him the match, and he's stuck there on zero points, which I think is a really really interesting journey to take through this. 
And like he starts off so hot and hits the froggy bow within like yeah. the first like couple of minutes. Great. And Jay has to roll to the outside. So Jay and then Jay has this great thing of like he's trying to tie himself up in the cables to give him some breathing room. So because then mm. the referee would have to go out, push Mark away so Jay can get him out of the cables. But that doesn't quite work yeah. because Mark is just on top of him and on top of him. I thought this was really, really great. Um, I, I enjoyed this match a hell of a lot. Uh, Mark went for the froggy bow again, but Jay got the knees up and hit the Blade Runner. Like, And it was like a real quick, I need to end this now, yeah. Blade Runner for the win. Yeah, so we'll get Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal, both with no wins, and I expect Mark Briscoe to get a win. Maybe, who knows. Now, we've already covered the main event, which was Swerve Strickland and Mox, but we weren't done there. The overrun was not used for a time limit draw between Swerve and Mox, which I that was smart. Yeah, that was that was really nice misdirect because it cuts back to the the parking lot and there's Hangman Page there and he's been attacked by the devil goons. So not not tippity top devil. We haven't seen him for a while, I don't think. But the devil goons, they've got devils on their backs in their black morph suits. And then a car pulls in and out of that gets the chief devil he's got the mask he's got everything because one of the things that people have been pointing to it being adam cole is that the devil has not been seen on screen since adam cole's last on-screen appearance mm. that's like one of the smoking guns that people point to but this is the first time i think it's the first time the devil's been on screen since that original debut yeah we've had the interrupts yeah, on screen but yeah but actually like in person in person yeah and of course max wasn't on this show that fuels the idea that it could be him i mean it rules it totally rules out hangman that's what they were saying on commentary as well like well i guess it's not hangman because then. we can see the devil guy there but also you know Stu got stabbed in um uh the first screen movie <laughs> spoilers you know and it turns out it was it was him and billy loomis big Again, misdirect spoilers. yeah spoilers so the devil, I mean, I paused this so many times. I was like, can I figure out who this body frame is? But he's kind of got a jacket. I think there might be some padding on there as well to, yeah, to throw you off any sense. The report has been that whoever is the devil it has been portraying them the entire time. Like, So it's not like a stand-in mm. is currently playing the devil. It is whoever the devil is going to be revealed as. Which is, which is good. I appreciate the effort there. It, the way he looks, though, it does feel like it rules out Adam Cole, Carlo Riley, even Jack Perry. Mm. Uh, so, and definitely Hangman. So what they do then, the minions, two of them, Choke slam hangman page, get this, on to the windscreen real glass of the car, which is the same spot, not the same spot, but it's a very similar spot to the Jack Perry Jungle Boy hook match all in that caused the bust up with CM Punk. Siri, play Crimea River. <laughs> Real glass. Real glass, man. I, I, but again, are all of these like, because they did this last week with the, the real mm. glass, like the beer bottle, the beer bottle, right? Is, are these all just Richard Herrings that it's to make you think that it's Jack Perry? Or is it just like, these are your obvious clues here. We're telling you yeah. that it's Jack Perry ahead of time. I also as well, like I, I know some people are quite down on the idea of it being Jack. I'm actually not against the mm. idea of the devil being revealed as Jack. I was really into Hangman last week. I'm kind of disappointed it isn't. Uh, just, just one logistics point. How are they going to get home now? You know, teleports. They just busted. <laughs> he pulled his car up. I, I watched it back. He was in the driver's seat, the yeah. devil. It is his car. 
But what and if, then he ruined his car. But what if it was Hangman's rental? And he just broke yeah, into I it. Guess so. And now Hangman's got to take that back to the rentals tomorrow and be like, ah, I've also got to now pay the fine yeah. for the broken oh, windscreen. Oh, devil! I just got a really fun mental image of all the devil and his goons on TFL transport. Hanging out the, yeah. the windows. I'm trying to see. Like um, uh, Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the show. A really fun show overall. I mean, I gave it 78% because I actually enjoyed other weeks more recently, more, and I gave those 80. It's why your percentage uh, system works so well, because you've got more nuance mm. uh, within there. Um, but yeah, I'd have gone like four out of five, and that's mostly for the in-ring wrestling, because I thought the main event yeah. was so, so great. And <coughs> I thought, actually, and I loved the open, I loved the opening segment. I thought the closing angle was really good as well. Uh, the only things I was down on in the show was like the, the women's stuff, because it didn't feel like it meant a whole deal. And the Golden Jets thing. But having now talked about it, I've kind of turned a corner a little bit on it, and it's 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 the worst segment I think. In, I think it's the worst segment in AEW history. No. What 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 has been possible? <laughs> no, I'm not looking. The dark no, order. I will defend that dark order <laughs> angle more than I will defend this. But I had a lot of fun recapping it. It's really like it's a three out of five episode that's elevated to mm. a four out of five episode. In the kind of the same way that raw was a three out of five episode elevated to a four out of five episode because the cm punk seth rollins uh promo segment was so what a good promo. what a promo segment although if you read the comments to that you would uh, think that i hated it Before we get into your remaining Omega Chats, let's say a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Go over there to get Survival Series Thunderdome. Exactly. Don't you go. No, no, you go. I've got a cough again. So we are doing classic survival series rules, but we've got friends and family from the rest of Talk of Parts of Unknown Universe. We've got Stephen Larson from Going mm-hmm. In Raw, Kate from Fightful, Alex Queen of the Ring, and SP3 from True Heel Heat, trying to name every WWE and AEW pay-per-view main event in reverse chronological order, which is such a tough topic. It's it's harder than you think it is, mm. just off the top of your head, like, you know, without no preparation whatsoever. You, we did a practice run with it, and you got to about, you got to Wrestle Dream and yeah. got, it came unstuck. Tempest, when he was watching the edit, thought I'd made a mistake. And he was like, oh, I th- I'm, I, maybe I'm just getting lost in the edit, but that's Fact not- check. And he was like, but that that's not right. And I was like, no, it is. And he was like, no, that's not right. And he went and checked. He was like, oh, I'm wrong. Wow. And then later on in the episode, he was like, oh, no, I think we've made a mistake. And I was like, no, 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 it's right. And he was like, no, I think this is wrong. And he went and checked. He was like, I'd have bet my house Wow. that this happened on this date. There's so many pay-per-views that are too, like the next day, Yeah, which is why it's so difficult. Everyone came unstuck with Fastlane and Payback. Mm. I was like, it was remembering, A, which order they happened in. Because they've both got the same main <laughs> events, but also like, did they happen? <laughs> uh, well, they certainly hurt collisions ratings. <laughs> so, we, we do, but when people look back at this period of history, that like they they see water erosion to yeah. prove that things happened at certain times. There's a bit of a debate of what is the we, uh, the uh, worst segment. Um, Brandy Rhodes's um, Nightmare Collective. Yeah, I mean the Nightmare Collective et al. Mm-hmm. She also had, I think her last appearance on TV was also really bad. Yeah, what happened there? I mean, there's the Cody Rhodes racism promo. Yeah, 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 solving racism. That's true. I'm sure there's been worse. I don't know. Man. I think you're being tough on old. I, to be honest, I didn't like the Ricky Starks JAS 
segment from the start of this year, way more than this. Um, but yeah, let's say a wonderful thank you to our pledge hammers on Patreon, the Soul Survivor 1993, the Incredible Tarzo, keep rolling, rolling, the Rick Peck, Tony Jabroni, Trev Dog 316, Commenter of the Century, Vince Phillips, Willie Big E Singleton, the Lumberjack XX Logs XX, Raw's Brand Ambassador, Redman. 2490. Always leave the crowd wanting <laughs> Brian Moore. The Savvy One. I Ole. The Salvy One. The Salvy One. I Ole. And to our moderating, our wonderful moderating teams, Andy, Gary, Ian, James, John, Les, Rob, and of course, because she never puts her name on the list, Mod Mother Jenna. Thank you all so much. Brandon never gets a shout out there either. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah, poor old Brandon. Right, let's do the remaining Omega chats. Uh, Blake Whitehouse says, What's your guy's least favourite commentary-ism? Mine is that everything commentary says, He's going to win after a big move. There's always a kick-out. Shivani has ruined so many matches for me because of it. Mox versus Swerve and Joe versus MJF being the biggest. My least favourite commentary-ism? I can tell you it now, because still to this day, when I can sense they're going to throw to a commercial break. And Raw rolls on! Raw rolls on. Oh. Uh, didn't get all of it. Mm. Oh, I like that, though. Well, no, it, we, it was a joke from the first series of Worst Match Ever, because they have a, it's in the Undertaker-Goldberg match, <laughs> where he does the jackhammer. He's like, didn't get all of it. I was like, no, it was way worse. Like, <laughs> dropped him right on his head. In fact, he got more <laughs> he of got it. got too much of it. Uh, Adam West Slapdog. To me, the hangman getting thrown through real glass, being a Jack Perry tease, seems like a red herring. There's someone else who has a history of using cars to injure denim-wearing blue-collar heroes who drink beer. The devil is obviously Rikishi. Man, that, like, you could then run a big WrestleTalk News of uh, AEW Steel Bloodline member. Bloodline AEW Invasion? <laughs> Landon C. The way Kenny said adieu 12 times. I'm glad other people thought this as well. And then Jericho screamed over the music at the end, sent me through space time. <laughs> he said adieu 12 times. I might go back and rewatch it. <laughs> uh, this next person. Sorry, the candles have really thrown us off. Yeah. And I think Laurie turning on the aircon has dried out her throat. It as really well, has. Because this is way worse than my cough spin. Uh, the next person there, their name hasn't been picked up by Streamlabs, so please do let the mods know and we'll give you a shout out. Whoever let that dog out with the Golden Jets needs to be let go because that segment was rough. Plus, I know the devil is going to be something underwhelming like Jack Perry and the Dark Order, but I'm still pushing for Makiito. Happy birthday, Luke. Thank you so much. Could you imagine if it's real as Makiito? I mean, why not? <laughs> At this point. Whipster 180 member for three months in a row. We really needed an AEW show that revolves around the C2 and the math, going over hypotheticals, someone progressively getting crazier at the options. Listen to Wrestling Observer Radio. <laughs> That's what Dave does with the G1. <coughs> While Brian Alvarez, you know, I think just, you know, starts checking his emails. <laughs> starts doing anything else. Walks out, makes a sandwich. I mean, he would do, now they're on YouTube and stuff mm. and he's being filmed. He can't get away with it anymore. Scott Young, 2907. Hear me out. The story is perfect for Tony 
to be the devil. I think he means Tony Khan. Not Shivani. Trying to get the belt off MJF before his contract expires and he leaves the company with the belt. But it's just a shame Tony has the personality of a chair and he sadly isn't a Vince level actor. God, if, if Tony Khan did the big It Was Me All Along, I will laugh so, so much. We would just have a year of content off of that. <laughs> I mean, I always think, what would it be if Wrestle Talk was around when Dixie Carter became an on-screen figure in TNA? Yeah. And we could have that. York Master. Oh, geez, remember that Andy can sing? I miss those TLC days. I was high, so let me know if I'm missing something. Riho is over. Golden Jets are not. Omega's promo style doesn't work unless he's an asshole. And did Hangman bleed for our sins because Swerve is a face now? Maybe. Yeah. I like that a lot. Evan Buckley, member for 24 months in a row. Hey guys, seeing as the tournament has been pretty amazing so far, do you guys have any choices for people who should be in next year's tournament? Kenny Omega. Yeah. Will. Hangman. Yeah, Hangman. I'd love, yeah, Will to be in the tournament next year would be uh, a big one for me. That's not in this year's. Um, do you know what? Nick Jackson. Mm. Like one of the Jacksons having a single Yeah, or there. Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood, yeah. Uh, I mean... Always give me some Penta. Yeah, Penta um, would be awesome in the tournament. Who? I mean, maybe. Oh, I had someone there. Maybe, maybe like just MJF. Yeah, MJF someone, without a title. Without a title. Someone like a Santana. Mm. If if MJF is the champion and next year's C two is to crown the number one contender for him. He would be able to, if he wins, he chooses who his opponent is. Yeah. And anyone who does pin him, just like in the G1, gets a future title shot against him. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll hot tag over. Uh, Justin here says, you see that Tony Khan said he's, quote, open to having Athena on AEW TV, end quote. Did he forget that he owns and books both <laughs> companies? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, had no idea why Athena isn't on the main roster. It's because Ring of Honor needs something. Mm. Can't just rely on Tony Nese having an I Quit <laughs> match with Ethan Page. The the world champion is one half of their are their tag team champions. Yeah. They do have something, but yeah, he's he not, just doesn't put them on there. But he's not on that show either. Eddie Kingston is the ROH champion, and he's not on Final Battle either. He's given up his belt. Samoa Joe gave up his belt. Yeah. It's nonsense. Nonsense. Will Gamble here says, Hi, guys. I'm of the opinion that Swerve should have won because he's absolutely white hot right now. That, have been having, uh, that being said, I can't think of any better option than Eddie making a comeback and beating Mox in front of a home crowd. Also, happy birthday, Luke. Thank you kindly. Uh, Andy Sandbox here says, adding one thought about Kenny, Ollie said that about not, him not living up to his potential. I think it's time to accept that he's already lived up to his mm. potential, and now we're getting Kenny on the back end of his career and to enjoy what we get sporadically. Yeah. I mean, you, you might be right there. Maybe he has peaked. But then you see what he's done in the ring this year, and you're like, well, he's <laughs> he is still peaked. Yeah. He's still in the peak. A few more suggestions. <clears throat> Carl Fletcher. In the tournaments, oh the yeah, no, that's a great shout. Takeshita, yeah, Pack, oh yeah, Pack. Yeah. Forget he's around. He's got a Miro, so he can throw a fit whenever he has to mm. lose. Nigel McGuinness, Nigel, yeah. Uh, and lastly, here, uh, Mod Mother Jenna, who has just said, "Dear Luke, happy birthday. Why are you working? Anyway, thanks for being <laughs> older than me, so I'm not the oldest person in the company." 
happy birthday. Well, I can now say that about Dave Bradshaw. Dave Bradshaw's yeah. coming, so I can now say I'm not the oldest person. There's also been two more, sorry to, to jump in. Thaflawless1 says, if White beats Mox, Swerve beats Roosh, who is in the finals of the Gold League? Swerve beat White, Mox beat Swerve, and White beat Mox, and are all tied at 12? Triple threat? Yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, or maybe bonus time? <laughs> <laughs> And Andy Sandbox for now. Coincidence, I am sure, but is it weird that Ricky Starks is always involved in that awkward shoot promo battle? I was thinking this. He had a similar one with Copeland a couple of months ago. Yeah. I think it's because I think he's a great promo. I think maybe that gets the better of the people who are going to be in the segment with him, and they're just like, "Oh, let's bullet point and call it in the ring then." Yeah, and it, it's not worked out quite a few times. No, it hasn't. Uh, but also, to answer Jen's question, I had yesterday off. Mm. I was shooting today, so I, I took yesterday off instead. But thank well, you. Send us home. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the Rest Talk Podcast. We are back on Saturday with a review of SmackDown with Pete and Satiniangi. And then we're back next week with some more Raw and Dynamite reviews as well, as well as start of christmas content Ooh. next week the wrestle talk end of year awards begin next week we've got our wrestler of the year best match worst match best pay-per-view and worst pay-per-view awards to hand out over the next couple of weeks so make sure that you subscribe to this channel and enable notifications to know when they go live and if you leave a comment down below uh, with your thoughts on this show i'm just going to end the poll a few of you are also pointing out that I've not done the poll yet. <laughs> End the poll. Um, and, you know, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. We are on our way to 85k. We're about 2,500 away from hitting that target. So it'd be really good to hit that in January and we could do another Royal Rumble randomizer. The poll results are in 74% thumbs up. Strong. So that's about what you have with 78. Yeah. Uh, and 21% gave it thumbs in the middle uh, with 4% saying thumbs down. Cool. And that's, you know, Half a percentile either way around there. But that's what we've got time for on this edition of the show. We'll see you next week. I've been Luke Owen, DAD. That has been Ollie Davis. Jam that jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 